Adventures of Sabrina, Chapter 6, An Exorcism in Greendale. Harvey, Roz, and Susie explore a mysterious force of evil. Sabrina digs deeper into Mrs. Wardwell's intentions. Hilda pursues a new beginning. Okay, so this episode was fun. Yeah. I really like this one. We got a lot more, like, we, like just a lot happened. There's a little bit of whiplash in this one. I was like, wait, 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 we're going, okay, now we're, oh, now we're going to another, oh, where am I? I mean, it picks up exactly where we left off with the last episode, so it's very binge-worthy. Immediately. Immediately. We just continue that scene at Wardwell's house. So, but this was such a departure from the last one, which was very much a bottle episode. Yes. So yeah, so we're at Wardwell's house, and Sabrina's like, what's going on? And <sighs> Wardwell explains the whole thing with the mirrors. It's a scrying spell. Sabrina says, you know, oh, you've been spying on me, so you're going to have to answer to the high priest and wardwell tells her that edward told her to look after you she was his acolyte his student and then his secretary uh-huh. and that she's been excommunicated from her coven because she had fallen in love with a mortal and then she kind of eventually fell in love with edward bunch of bullshit having read the comics we know this is not true she's a scorned lover we surmise. We now surmise. we don't I don't know for certain whether or not that still plays out in this series. So I mean she could have been excommunicated. I don't know. Whatever. I don't care. But she's telling Sabrina a story. And Sabrina gets on this and she's like, you know, keeping secrets from me, manipulating me, consider your obligation to the Spellman family done, and from now on, stay away from me. This show does so good at subverting the expectation. A network show that did this would have been like, okay, well I guess I see she's like Fuck you. Well, you know, the thing about this show is it makes me wish Riverdale was on Netflix. Right? The problematic stuff we've had with this show would be a billion times worse with Riverdale. But I feel like they would have done better at keeping the story tighter. Oh, my god! Riverdale needs 10 episodes a season. And I also like that, okay, at this point, when we're recording this, this is January 2019, we already know that part two of Sabrina is coming out in April of this year. So that's like barely even six months between the next portion but that's a really great way to do it and that's how they should be doing riverdale like comic book issues Hmm. (laughs) so we head on over to the cemetery sabrina's talking with ambrose she's like well we can add miss wardwell to the list of liars betrayers and spies in my life well at least she got us out of batty bat's nightmares give her the benefit of the doubt yeah she deceived me just like aunt zelda deceived me my father deceived me she's not into this idea no but she's just like, you know, okay, one thing's for sure. I'm wiping all the mirrors to clean out her spells. No more spying. He's like, at one point, isn't Ambrose just like, do you, you want to give me a piece of her hair so I'll make her teeth fall out? Yeah. <laughs> Which I love how quick Ambrose is to use his magic to like mess with people, but he's bored. He's so he's bored. He's so bored. Absolutely. Cut over to Harvey looking exactly like Johnny Depp in uh, The Nightmare on Elm Street. I didn't think about that. He's wearing a crop top in bed with a dirt. Let's say sports jersey type crop top it's got headphones on he's drawing mm-hmm. yeah he's johnny depp but way cuter uh, 
way cuter. <laughs> Less problematic as a person. In Incredibly life. so. As far as I know. He sees the possessed Jesse, Susie's uncle. Yipes. Creeping at him saying, you're a gutless boy. Your soul is filled with fear and you will die for it. Tommy walks in and is like, hey, you know, what are, what are you doing awake? You know, if dad finds up you're up this hour, he'll be pissed. And, you know, Harvey's way freaked out. And Tommy's just like, hi, hey, good night, nerd. <laughs> I would go over to Roz's house. She's up. It's nighttime. She goes to the fridge and she sees Jesse. And he's like, there's no faith in you, girl. As punishment, I shall make you blind. And then Roz drops a glass thing of milk and it turns to maggots and she's Ugh. screaming and her dad comes and is like what's wrong and she's like no nothing i, I just spilled milk so then we cut over to Susie's in the bathroom and you know she's cleaning up brushing her teeth and then she sees the fan in her bathroom starts spinning the opposite direction and she sees jesse and he says you're an abomination boy girl and he will smite you and you know freaks out Susie, and then Susie. Goes upstairs and checks on Jesse, and he's still all tied up, but she's freaked out. So, how do we feel about this? Okay, there's there's a lot of things clouding my opinion. One, because I've seen the rest of the season. Okay, and I know a spoiler about season two. <laughs> okay, so you're you're not allowed to talk about it. How did you feel about it when you first saw? When it? I first saw it, I already knew we this was something based on the first episode. I already knew that this is going to be something we're going to deal with. And I already at that point had looked up the actor portraying Susie is non-binary. So I figured, okay, this is going to come into play with this character because they're hinting at it. And now we have this story. And I'm okay with it because it is something that people deal with. And this is a demon exposing a fear. And an insecurity. And an insecurity. It's so harsh. It uh, It is, yes. And the fear with it is that in its harshness, there's no warning for a person who might be who might be struggling. And that's not to say that all mm-hmm. non-binary and trans people struggle. Lots of people are very happy with mm-hmm. how they present. Correct. But for anybody who is that way, not having that immediate warning mm-hmm. because it's real sharp, real quick. That's kind of the problem I have with it, that it feels like you get blindsided by it. And granted, mm-hmm. it's incredibly impactful in terms yeah. of the power of the show. I guess this is this could easily have used more of a content warning, but how do you content warning that without giving it away? Yeah, it just came out as a gut reaction in the moment of like, mm-hmm. fuck you. Like, this is just awful. But the more that I went into mm-hmm. it, and especially un- once we explained the demon, mm-hmm. it made a whole lot more sense. Yeah, it does come off as super harsh, but also this is they're saying something that has also been said by a real life character here. That's true. Like, I don't want to excuse it. And saying things like that to people is also not acceptable. So, like, that's our blanket statement. Of course. <laughs> so, yeah. So, it, it's, it's going to come up a lot more. It will. <laughs> All right, next we go over to Dr. Services and Hilda is interviewing. Um, and she's just kind of yammering on. Like, <laughs> what I lack in experience, I do make up for enthusiasm. I uh, get on with most everyone. I love to read. I love good chat. 
wonderful biker. <laughs> like she's just <laughs> adorable and clearly nervous. But she says, you know, I'm a big fan of yours, Dr. Cerberus. I love horror hosts, Fengali and, you know, Count Gordival and Vampira. We didn't have them in English, so I have quite the assortment on video. On video. And Dr. Cerberus says, you know, I started as Greendale's weatherman. Yes. <laughs> and nowadays there's not much demand for horror hosts. So to pay the bills, I opened up this place, a bookstore for the weird and dispossessed. No. And he says, you know, may I ask a question of you, Hilda? How do you feel about wearing a costume while you work here? Because he's dressed as a vampire. Of course. And Hilda just kind of like, yeah. Yeah. Of course. Of course she's fine with it. <laughs> now we cut over to a home and we see Zelda's got, I don't know what you call this, but. It's a glass. Well, no, it's not a glass. It's a listening device used by midwives on the belly of Lady Blackwood. Um, she says, there's a heartbeat. Praise Satan. And Blackwood is very concerned how long before we can determine the sex. It's a little bit early, but I'll collect a urine sample and see what we can find out. Could you just give the ladies a moment? <laughs> yeah. So they dismiss him. And Lady Blackwood says that carrying a child of night term should be the most joyous 13 months in a witch's life. So funny. Which is stupid, but funny. I'll allow it because the joke plays. It lands. I'm good. But apparently if you're carrying a witch, that's going to be 13 months. No, thank you. Her belly is huge. Very huge. And Lady Blackwood explains, and two of our children have already been called home by the Dark Lord before their birth. And my husband wants a son, a male heir. And Zelda's like, well, we'll know soon enough if it's the Dark Lord's will and hands her a urine sample cup. Which is funny because despite all the patriarchal leadership, it's always the women who get one over in, in this crew. You know, women gotta be crafty. Like, even the dark side is not immune to patriarch bullshit. Now we're at the library at school. Susie's telling their friends, you know, what's going on. It really freaked me out. Sabrina shows up. Hey, what's going on? What freaked you out, Susie? <laughs> and, you know, at this point, we see that Harvey's got a black eye from, you know, being hit by Jesse. And they're all kind of explaining the visions and what happened and that they think he's possessed by a demon. Susie's father has called a doctor and they kind of wants to send him away. But, you know, they're they're just freaked out. And Sabrina keeps being like, no, yeah, that's just whatever y'all are silly <laughs> maybe it was nightmares it wasn't a nightmare brina and jesse might not be possessed but he definitely looks like he's possessed well for sure don't go back in there alone trust me wild horses couldn't drag me back in there <laughs> they leave to go walking through the hallway and harvey's like hey what's going on in the library don't you believe me what i saw in the mines i believe you saw something but you were eight years old i'm not a coward and sabrina's like no but like it could be rocks or shadows but what about last night? What about Raw saw or I saw? Isn't it possible? And like, they're just going back and forth. He is calling her out. Yeah, she, and Sabrina's like, I want you to believe me. And Harvey's just like, you know, at least you could be honest with me about what you're thinking because it doesn't feel like you are. And Sabrina's like, but. <sighs> and he just walks off. Yeah, no, he's totally right. Ugh, being a teenager sucks. Wardwell comes up to Sabrina's like, do you have a moment? I'd love to continue our conversation. I told you, Miss Wardwell, I'm not interested in any more of your half-truths. So, <laughs> and Wardwell makes this bitch face. Like, it's it's bitch, but also like, fucking teenagers? Like, <laughs> this is the bullshit I have to deal with. Like, this is fucking stupid. Huh. 
Last episode and this episode, Wardwell's very much becoming one of my favorites. She's so she's like becoming humanized in a way that's so fun. But also, again, this was another moment where in Riverdale and other teen shows, well, the adult comes up to the kid and the kid's like, well, all right, I have to hear you out. And Sabrina's like, no, I'm not interested in hearing your bullshit. Bye. <laughs> Walks away. We head on home to the Spellman Mortuary. Aunties, we have a big problem. Mesistopheles, save us from the melodramatics of a teenage witch hilda just giggles i yeah i love that i also love the reference to teenage witch that line it's a lovely little week they're so good with doing those little bits of calling out other witch lore witch movies you know the fact that you know there's there was clearly a very popular series i love those things they're fun it's playful it's enjoyable. So they're like, they're telling him what's going on about the possession of Uncle Jesse. Again, haha, Netflix reference. I know. Um, I was happy with that one. Rena, cases of actual demonic possession are extremely rare, despite what the false god and his propaganda machine would have you believe. Oh, God. Every time it gets me. They should rule out other possibilities like epilepsy or schizophrenia, Tourette's. And Sabrina very smartly says, aunties. My mortal friends are talking about demons. What if they start talking about witches next? The entire coven could be exposed. Give me their names. I'll make sure they stop talking about anything permanently. (laughs) It's just terrible when teenagers slip into comas, isn't it, Hilda? (laughs) Hilda's just like, oh, stop. (laughs) Yeah, so. Like, it's a game to them. So, like, they're just dismissing Sabrina. And they're like, this is ridiculous. Demons prey on your fears and your shame, etc. So... So just don't touch the inhabited person because if they make contact, then they're vulnerable. So Peter's like, well, they all touched him because they had to tie him up. And now they're having visions or visitations, whatever you want to call it. And Hilda's just like, we'll get them to bathe in a bit of blessed water from the Sea of Galilee. And that always does a trick. Because, you know, that's easy to convince your, yeah, that's easy to convince your mortal friends. Sure. <laughs> and Sabrina just makes this look of like, Really? Really? So she continues talking about it to Ambrose's room and Ambrose says, you know, I have loads of books on the subject, you know, we can we can do that research. And Sabrina's like, oh, can you stand guard over me while I astral project in Jesse's room? That's pretty treacherous. <laughs> they they kind of fight over the whole psychopomps thing that we dealt with in the last episode. So that's a nice little pulling in more what we've already learned. And Sabrina's like, this is good practice for when I go up against the Dark Lord. Ambrose is just rolling his eyes at this point. Damn, if you're not getting a bit cocky. <laughs> so Ambrose is just like, no, if you insist on projecting, do it at your own peril. So <laughs> Sabrina's like, well, fine. Fuck you. So she gets Salem to watch over her. Yeah, well, it's not bad. She's got a ring of candles. And so next thing you know, she's astral projecting into Jesse's room. You know, hello, I didn't mean to intrude. Demon says, won't you have a seat? You know, he moves a chair. He, like, like, shoves a chair at her. She's like, no. He says, you know, there's something about you. I ca- oh, you're corrupt and pure. But in what way, though? So the demon's trying to figure her out. You need to go away. You need to, you know, leave leave Jesse alone. And he's like, no, it's nice and warm and sinful in here. And Sabrina's like, is that why you chose him? Was Jesse sinful? And the demon starts saying, He's a sodomite, an abomination. More than anything, Jesse Putman was convenient. My possession is his reward for setting me free. And so Sabrina is just kind of like, all right, I'm Sabrina, you know, daughter of Edward Spellman, blah, 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 blah. Tell me who you are. Mersakai. Mersakai. He's the overlord of gluttony, devourer of flesh, demon from the bowels. Gross. 
uh, Sabrina's like, you know, you need to leave. They don't want you here. And the demon figures out that, oh, you're not even here. How rude. And he's exorcist spews on her. Well, he like acid vomits to the couch because he's trying to figure out, is this going to just dissolve you? And no, it just dissolves the couch. He's like, how rude. You're not even here. Mm -hmm. So then it looks like Jesse isn't possessed anymore. He looks, he kind of like sinks down. He looks almost normal. Sabrina's like, did you leave? Mercedes? Where? What? Jesse? And we hear this hissing sound. And then something's trying, it's the demon, trying to possess Sabrina and starts choking her from within. So Salem figures this out and just runs to get Ambrose. Ambrose understands him. So she's, what now? So now we know that when Salem talks, all those witches can understand him. Hey, now. That's cool. We didn't know that before. He runs in, uses his magic-y stuff, and... You know, Sabrina comes back too and is like, it felt like he was slithering down my throat. How could he touch me? And Ambrose explains, that bugger must be a higher demon. Some of them can actually lay hands on your astral body if they find you in the realm. Sabrina says, well, I don't want to say I told you so, but I got his name, Ambrose. Mercedes. Ambrose is like, hmm, I don't know, is Euphratanian or Mesopotamian? And Sabrina's like, okay, maybe I'll ask Nick Scratch. And she's like, she's like super proud of herself. He's not Sumerian at all. (laughs) He's just a cheeky bastard with a fondness for wordplay. Hands her a piece of paper and it's ice cream. That's the the name. As an anagram. Yeah. Demons have an awful sense of humor. Can you blame them? They live in hell. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The jokes are timed so perfectly on this show. It's very well. And they they just, they let it, they let it land. It's great. So Sabrina's huffing and puffing. She starts leaving and everyone's like, where are you going? You almost died. Cousin. <laughs> She's like storming out of the house. What the fuck are you doing? Sabrina goes to Harvey's house. They're talking in his room and she's like, okay, I believe you. So let's let's go to the mines and try and find that demon. I want to find the demon that you first talked to. Can can you draw me a map? Harvey's just like, no, like this isn't the Goonies. <laughs> nice reference. Yep. But, you know, we can go. Harvey starts seeing Jesse as they're having this conversation. And he says, like, I'm not afraid. You know, you think I'm chicken shit. I'm coming with you. I'm not letting you go into the mine shaft alone in the dead of night. Besides, you're going to need someone to help sneak you in. And then we we go look out the window and we see that Stolas, Wardwell's familiar, is watching them. You mother clucker. Harvey and his macho crap. I mean, he's freaked out by the mines. He's been challenged by his father. And Harvey's just like, man, fuck all of you. I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. I, I'll, I'll give him a pass. So now we cut to the mines and Harvey's very nervous about going in. They've got flashlights. They go one way and they go another. And Harvey's getting a little confused. Being a dick, too. He is being a dick. Sabrina finds, like, this stone plate. It's a tablet. A stone tablet that is broken on the floor. It's got a snake on them. And then she hears moaning, and her flashlight breaks. She's looking for Harvey. We see Wardwell. And then she's like, Miss Wardwell, what are you doing here? And she's like, exactly what I, I promised your father I would do. I'm I'm not going to let any car- harm come to you. And she goes, oh, so now you're following me. Great. These are dangerous minds. There are all sorts of bad things in here. I know the stories. That's why I'm here. Yeah. Uh, Wardwell sees the, the stone in her hand. She goes, is that a trapping stone? Why, yes, it is. That's none of your business. <laughs> I thought I made myself clear, but consider this your third and final warning. Next time, I'm going to have to report you to the high priest. 
And then she, you know, Harvey's shouting, Sprina, Harvey, Sprina, Harvey, what is it? I saw it and he's cowering in a corner. Like he's so freaked out. And like, he's like, oh, I saw it over there. And we see what does look like an outline of a demon, like carved into the stone. And Sprina's like, it's just some rocks. It's fine. Maybe it was real. But you came here anyways. And that's what makes you the bravest, Harvey Kinkle. And they kiss. And then we hear growling. And as they're leaving, we see the red light. And we actually see the beast step out. So like, yeah, there's a beast there. It was cute. To- oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, boy. Now we're at Susie's house. And it looks like her father and this doctor dude are talking. And she's on the stairs around the corner listening to them. And they're talking about a facility that would make it easier for Jesse to be in. The doctor says, you know, the last we spoke, you told me your brother had some demons, any specific incidents I should know about. And we hear Susie's father saying, you know, there was this one time Jesse put like to put on our mother's dresses. Us kids would laugh, you know, but one time our daddy caught him in the act, beat him black and blue. Well, he quit putting on her dresses after that. And he always struggled with his, uh, you know, sexuality, his proclivities. And then we cut to Susie, who's really hurt hearing these things. Like you can see it's hurting her feelings. And Jesse appears behind her and says, you're the one who's sick, girl boy. You're the abomination. Susie, you know, like shakes her head out of that and comes running down. It's like, what are you staying all that stuff for, dad? What happened in the past has nothing to do with what's happening to Uncle Jesse now. And the doctor goes, is this your daughter? Uh You know, and Susie argues like you can't put him in a loony bin because he put on a dress once. You don't even know why he did that. They kind of argue back and forth. And Susie's like, fine, then I want to see it. I want to see the place he's going to go and make sure it's okay. I just don't want Susie being non-binary to solely be there for plot points. And I'm worried that's where we're headed. I I understand it being a core of her character. And that's great. But it feels like when we choose to bring it up Mm -hmm. is when it's convenient to the plot of the show instead of... I think that can be true of many, many things. We haven't gotten a lot of Susie. This is the first time we've had this much focus on her. That's true. her specifically. Again, I'm using the her pronouns because Susie as the character has only currently been identified as a she, her. Yes. If and when that changes in show... I will change how I speak about Susie. Right. So this is the first time we've gotten this inkling. And we also the first time we've heard how her family might feel about that. About somebody who might be on the gender spectrum. Somebody who uh, might have a different sexuality. Yeah. And well, the thing about it is, is that her dad doesn't seem to like outright hate Jesse or feel Mm -hmm. bad about it. It's just like, oh, this makes him a weirdo. There's some of that. But honestly, the way her dad is approaching it. It, it's it's bad because of the acting but if we had like a really good actor in this mm-hmm. scene the sense i get from him he's like man i don't care he's my brother mm-hmm. but i'm grasping at straws trying to figure out what might be torturing him mm-hmm. and we know this is something that he dealt with he's you know his dad clearly hated him because of this it was like our our dad hated jesse i don't hate him but i'm just listing these things of what might be causing this pain well, what for the him what the scene says shows us is like okay this is something that jesse was dealing with and it was not okay in the family yeah it was not okay in the family and so susie overhears this and so her automatic assumption would be that her father would not be okay if she has any questioning of who she is so that's what that tells us 
Because remember, this is from the same people of Riverdale. And the first time we were introduced to a gay character, Kevin Keller, our first thought was, oh, his dad's not going to know or his dad's going to be really against it. And his dad fully knows, makes a joke about, isn't there a nice gay kid at Riverdale? Yeah, it's me, dad. Here's what it is. There are a ton of red flags. Okay, that's fair. And until I see them resolve it, Mm -hmm. I'm very much on guard by how they're treating this right now. That's okay, because the flag should be raised. Yeah. Fully agree. I'm concerned that they're not going to let her just be Mm non-binary and that they're somehow going to try to force it into a plot point. I wish this wasn't being handled by this group of people. Oh, that's that part of it, I don't trust them. I don't I trust them I at all. That's the problem. So yeah, okay. we, we will leave it at, we've got some issues. We're, we're, Let's see how this goes. Mm-hmm. We're side-eyeing a lot. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now we're at Roz at the eye doctor, and her dad's there, and it's not good. And Roz's dad is like, you know, last time we are here, you mentioned a surgery, but, you know, any chance? And the doctor's like, yeah, it's. I want to caution you. And Roz is just like, my chances aren't good, are they? And the you know, dad excuses the doctor. It's like, what, you know, what's going on? What is it, baby? And Ross says, daddy, do you think God is punishing me? And her dad's like, punishing you for what? He says, you say all the time that grandma Walker went blind because she didn't have faith. And he says, you know, you're not like her, Rosalind. You have faith. And Roz sees Jesse in the corner growling at her. And she says, do I? I'm not so sure. Because her father is a reverend. reverend. Yes, we've heard that before. And that's fair. And that is something that gets talked about a lot in religious circles is like, you know, you know, the reason that you're having bad things to you is you're just not faithful enough. You don't believe enough. And when you do, then you'll get what you need from God. It's a very common thing. So it's, it makes total sense for someone who's raised in a Bible believing home to be like, am I being punished because I just don't believe hard enough? That's a very honest question. We've certainly grown up with that, that being taught. No, I've, I've let that. I've let that mm-hmm. seep into my mind at times, and it's really effed me up. Oh, absolutely. So, no, again, I, I like that that's added. So, we go back to the Spellman house, and Sabrina's, you know, looking through stuff, and she just starts smiling to herself. Gotcha, creep. She's with Ambrose. He's like, huh, what? She goes, Apophis. His name's Apophis. If we fuse the pieces together, can I trap the demon like I did with Batty Bat? Well, you have to get him out of Jesse Putnam first. So, there's that. So now Sabrina's at the School of Dark Arts and she's listening to a lecture from Blackwood. And so she's just like, okay, I have a question. Can witches perform exorcism? I'm not sure what that question has to do with anything, but we were discussing in this seminar, but no, witches may not. Because it's a Catholic rite of male expulsion. Yeah. And so like they go back and forth and she's bugging everybody. Sabrina's kind of like, well, my friend's uncle is being possessed by a demon, Apophis. And what if this brings unwanted attention to the witches of Greendale? It's not my concern as possessions involving Apophis rarely last long. Why? Apophis is a parasitic demon, also known as the devouring worm. He's feasting on your friend's uncle from the inside out. If he's alive, he won't be for long. And then they talk about how, you know, then he'll go to the next person and somebody who's already come in contact. So Sabrina's like, oh, crap, my friends are going to get eaten by this worm thing. Great. So class is dismissed. Uh, And Nick comes up and is just like, hey, you want to talk about it? Sabrina's like, what? No, no, I wish I could, Nick, but I've got. And Nick just says, let me guess, friends to save, demons (laughs) to exercise. You're a rebel, Spellman. That's how I like my witches. You do know I have a boyfriend, right? Yes, but you also have two natures. Good point. You got two schools. Why not date two guys? I don't mind sharing. Oh, shit. 
Okay, he's got really good eyebrows. It's great. This is very cheeky and very cute. And also, he's got a good point. Like, you have two worlds, and I'm fine with being your dude in this world. I'll share you. Right. I don't care. Well, I mean, he used to just share the weird sisters, which is creepy and weird. No, it's it's adorable. Again, I like Nick Scratch because, like, he's being cheeky, but I don't, like, he's not being bad. You know, not bad, bad. Define bad. He hasn't crossed a line. No, he's not trying to pressure her into anything. He's just like, I like you. I, you're like, you're interesting. I like this. And cute. All right, so we go home and Wardwell is there. Wardwell has, you know, said what she's shared her lie about Edward. And so it was like, well, yeah, that does sound like Edward. And Wardwell's all of a sudden, it happens that Edward wrote a right expressly for that purpose of performing an exorcism what (laughs) and you know the scissors are just like always thinking outside the box edward and of course wardwell has that and well if sabrina insists on following with this madness she should be armed with the proper tools at least and zelda's like okay i'm sorry are you actually suggesting that my niece perform an exorcism if there's any sign of danger i'll spirit her away so like Zelda's just like, no, this is ridiculous. We're not doing this. And Wardwell says like, okay, so none of you, none of us are ordained. And unlike a Catholic exorcism, which draws its potency not on the priest performing it, but from the false god, Edward's right relies on the power of the individual witch challenging the demon and on the continuum of witches that predates us all. And Sabrina's like, all right. Let's go. What are we waiting for? Zelda's forbidden it. Hilda's goes, I'm going too. You can't do that. It's expressly forbidden by the church. Well, I've been excommunicated, so what have I got to lose? (laughs) I love this. So they leave, and we see them walking up on the Putnam house, and then we see Zelda pacing at home. And Ambrose walks up to her and is like, I ran Lady Blackwood's urine sample. Interesting results. And Zelda's like, for the love of Satan, what have I done to deserve these women in my life? (laughs) Also, we forget to mention that when they walk up to that house, Mm -hmm. oh, it's the exorcist. Oh, I didn't catch that. I haven't seen the exorcist in forever. They all three walk up. You see the street lamp down, Mm -hmm. the silhouette shadow. It's so good. I was like, fuck yeah, they did this. Zelda is, you know, upset. She goes, I refuse to put the safety of my niece in the hands of a spinster school mom and a British batwit. They'll get her killed. (laughs) And Ambrose says... Not if you help her, they won't. Good point. Mm-hmm. So now we're at the Putnam house. We're in Jesse's room. They're trying to get this done before the Putnams come back because they've gone to visit the facility. They come into the room and the demon is all like, how lovely you're back and you brought your friends. Three little piggies all pink, plump and ripe for eating. Gross. So they've got all these candles lit and they start with their right. We call forth the witches from the shade, those who came before us and died so that we might live. And so throughout all of this calling of these different witches, then the other two say, visit us sisters, intercede on our behalf. And as they do this, the fires burn more and they flame and Jesse's body kind of rises up and contorts as the demon is fighting. They're calling on the witches. So they call them Lilith of of Arcadia, Morgan Le Fay, Black Annis, Anne Boleyn. Witch of Endor, Hecate, Artemis, Luna, Marie Laveau. Like there were, there were all sorts of mythological names mm-hmm. and super recent names. Like Marie Laveau's the the high priestess of voodoo. Mm-hmm. Like there's all sorts of awesome history packed into this. It is badass. Cersei, Maul Dyer, and you know Jesse. You know rips his 
restraints. He, you know, yells them, dirty, ugly, mongrel. Don't. Um, and then he starts lunging at them. And Sabrina's freaking out. Yeah, so they just keep going. But then Zelda comes in and she starts yelling, I call upon Sybil Leek, Priscilla Spellman, Francis Spellman, Evanora and Lacosta Spellman. And they're like, come on, keep going, Sabrina. And we expel the demon of Apostas. Visit us, sisters, intercede on our behalf. And they keep doing that. And Jesse's body falls down. And they start throwing, like, dirt on him. And then there's blood everywhere, exorcist style. Well, he vomits the demon out, yeah. too. Which is which is very, <laughs> like, a giant parasite. That's a really gross fucking worm. Yeah. And Zelda wraps it in a blanket. And Jesse seems to start healing a little bit. And then they go outside and throw him down the well. And then they throw the, the stone seals down as well. And like, do you, you know, I don't really think it can get back up, Miss Wardwell, not with the seal in there and not the state it was in. That worm will burrow its way back to hell where it belongs. <laughs> well, what about Uncle Jesse? Well, he's unconscious. He'll be weak for a while, but he's alive thanks to you. What made you change your mind, Aunt Zelda? The first witch exorcism ever performed. It seems like something I should witness firsthand, if only for educational purposes. Don't get too big for your britches, Sabrina. You're grounded. I'm grounded? A mortal punishment for interfering with mortal affairs. Love it! And Hilda's just like, don't know about you three, but I could use a nice cup of tea. So they go home, and they invite Wardwell, and she's just like, thank you, but she goes. I'll see you for homeroom. (laughs) (laughs) So we go back to the Spellman home, and Ambrose greets him. Aunties, we have company, Father Blackwood. And they're like, oh, what do we owe the honor? It has come to my attention, Sister Zelda, that you, Sabrina, and your excommunicated sister have just performed an unauthorized exorcism. World travels fast amongst the damned and stares at Ambrose. And Ambrose is like, for the record, I did not inform him. His Excellency had an inkling and humbled us with a visit. <laughs> and, you know, Faust is like, why shouldn't I excommunicate all of you? I love this. And Zelda's like, I can give you two. Earlier today, I received the results of your wife's test. Congratulations, Father Blackwood. Constance is expecting twins. It is good news. However, it may be a difficult pregnancy. Not to worry, though. I will be tending to her every need. Unless, of course, you feel I or any members of my family are unworthy in some ways. Hell yeah, And Zelda. he is just like very like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. <laughs> it's great. It works great. Zelda played that card perfectly. So it's the next morning. There's a giant pile of pancakes. And, you know, Hilda's like, what's, what's the matter, my love? Nothing, just my melancholia. <laughs> oh, Ambrose. And it seems that Luke isn't returning his calls. Nothing has happened. You performed an exorcism last night, and I was trapped in here doing jackal. <laughs> Jacking something. Ah, <laughs> I couldn't help myself. And so he repeats that the, the dude's name is Luke Chalfont, and Hilda's like, hmm. The phone rings, Hilda answers it, and she goes, oh, Mr. Putnam, I'm so sorry to hear that. And it turns out, Jesse passed away in the night. His heart gave out. No. And, and Sabrina's just crushed. Sabrina's hush. She heads over to Susie's house and they're outside sitting on their truck. Sabrina's like, I'm so sorry about your uncle, Susie. Really? I can't believe it. And Susie, who is wearing a dress and very stoic, says, my dad and I visit a place where they're going to send him the asylum. Honestly, maybe it's better. He would have rotten in there. And at least, at least he's free now, you know? And Sabrina says, Susie, I don't think I've ever seen you in a dress. And Susie, like on the verge of tears, says, I'm not an abomination, Sabrina, and I won't be one. 
and she's just like trembling and Sabrina's like what of course not why would you think that and she's just like forget it it doesn't matter and she walks off (sighs) this this actually helped with the other stuff it didn't help with the other stuff for me but it did make sense as a character Mm -hmm. she's struggling and that's fine like she doesn't know like she knows what other people might see and She's struggling and well, she doesn't want to be an abomination, which she's not, but she's that's been said to her and it's freaking her out. Th- I think the thing is that for so long, she's sort of just done what she's done. Nobody's, I, I think this is indicative of how just, you know, her relationship might be at home of just like, you you get to be whoever you want, kid. I'm not going to like yeah. complain about it. And Susie's just been whoever she's been. And now she's had this demon get into her head. Well, you know, when kids are little, there's not a lot of difference. There's just, you know, it's whatever. But she's getting older and others are. They're commenting. They're they're like other people are having an opinion about her ambiguity. Yeah. And that's not cool. People need to chill the fuck out. I liked that scene. It lets us know what's going on with Susie internally and now so we know what she's thinking as opposed to just what other people have said to her. Well, we go over to Dr. Services and Hilda is there manning the, the coffee bar addressed as um, Lady Frankenstein. So good. The bride of Bride Frankenstein. of Frankenstein. I always say Lady Frankenstein. Lady Frankenstein. And up walks Luke and she's all like, oh, what's your name? Luke. And your surname, Chalfont. That's brilliant. Coming right up. And like as she's making his drink, she pulls out a little bottle that says Amore on it. And she is always prepared. That's the witch's motto. <laughs> Just, what's your surname? And he's like, uh, uh, Chalfont. <laughs> why, why are you asking me for my last name? So now we're back at Wardwell's house and Sabrina and her are sitting by the fire. And Sabrina is just sad. She's like, you know, what does it matter, Miss Wardwell, if in the end I couldn't save Jesse? Where I was like, but you did. You may not feel like a victory at this point, but it is one. Apophis ravaged him to the point of death with mere hours to spare, but you brought him peace. You made him whole. And Sabrina's like, did I? We have no reason to believe otherwise. So then we see this other scene. And it is Wardwell talking to Jesse, who actually looks like he's healing and he's doing okay. Like, weak, but okay. And she's just like, all right, you've done you've done your job. She had to perform an exorcism on a mortal part of the dark lord's grand design and and jesse is like what who and she takes her voodoo doll out and crushes his chest and jesse's we can hear his bones break and he dies and then we come back to wardwell and sabrina the present if you will sabrina's like i just can't help it i feel like i failed i mean how am i ever gonna out with the dark lord and wardwell's like out with the dark lord why Sabrina, whatever do you mean? (laughs) I mean, one of the things that this show does so much better than Riverdale is they hit their notes so good. Oh, yeah. They're cliffhangers. Like, the one thing that is a shame about the show is that it all drops at once. And I know a lot of people hate that and they complain is that this show would get such a good burn on a week by week drop. It's true. But it's also imminently bingeable because the episodes go right back to back. Which is great. But this show, if it was released one episode at a time, would do so well. I think this is in some ways a perfect Netflix show because you could watch it either way. 
True. If you binged it, you would have a great experience. And if you didn't, you would still have a great experience. But one of the things about shows like this that get dropped all at once at Netflix is that you miss the water cooler conversation. We've missed the ability to look at this one hour of television and just go, this is it. And enjoy it and think on it and dissect it. And then next week you get the next bit. I don't know. You know, unless you have a podcast like this where you purposely don't watch things. I mean, um, yeah, it's hard for me to even comment on it because I haven't watched anything in a week. Correct. But it's just one of those things that we lose that if you don't choose to experience things that way. Yeah, I don't know. It's fine. There's plenty of places to talk about it on the internet. So That's true. That's I, true. I think we get that water cooler conversation. It's just done in different venues than okay. we're used to. There's no more water cooler. It's a chat room. True. But I, I do miss having that. I mean, one of the things I do love about the internet is that, like, especially with Riverdale, is that I get a week where I get to see all the people that are like, oh, my God, I was just this thing just hit me. And it was a couple days ago. And you don't get that if you've binged an entire series in one setting. It's a pity you won't be around to see it. It'll be positively apocalyptic. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Until next time. Hashtag praise Satan. Satan.